All right, everybody, here we are. It's episode uh, 27 of the podcast you're listening to right now, which is called what, Tom? Eat, drink, and be scary. And we're doing it from where, Tanya? Everywhere. From <laughs> home. My Not home. everywhere from home. Well, and all safely. of our homes are in different places, so it's kind of like home. everywhere. We're in all of your homes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and Ryan's in someone's closet right now. One of you lucky listeners are going to get Ryan in your closet right now. And uh, with us today, we have uh, the people that are normally with you. We've got Ryan and myself, Bill, and Tanya, and Tom. And then Liberty's back. And Liberty's with us here and there. And we love having Liberty with us. And today we have a special guest, Gary, who we're going to uh, say hi, Gary. Hi, how are you? Hi, Gary. I'm great. Hello. And I guess we could say that Gary is Tanya's father, who is now the second uh, family member she's had on here, which is actually pretty exciting. I am. Which is actually two more than anyone else has had on here. Right. What did you have her mom? Oh, that one will, that one <laughs> yeah, will be I'm all ex- sorts of interesting. I'm excited about that one. Oh. <laughs> and uh, I guess the, what we're going to talk about, the biggest thing we're going to talk about right now is the fact that uh, we're all, the reason why we're all in our homes right now is because it's the uh, quarantine. It's the stay-at-home order. And that some people are referring to as, I guess, a sense, the end of the world, apocalyptic, whatnot. And I, that's what the theme of today is going to talk about, which is essentially the end of the world. Whether it's now, it's whether how people are perceiving this as the, the apocalypse or, or not to be, uh, I, I don't know. So anyway, let's start with that. So, so first of all, I, I'm going to kind of start with Ryan. And I want to get some insight on this because... I know, Ryan, you've got some background on this a little bit, some insight when we talked about it. And when I say, hey, it's the end of the world, what's your response? Well, my response would be, do you want my logical response or do you want me to actually tell you what we I'm thinking? We want Ryan's response. Okay, so I think... I have logical responses. Okay. So you both told me you wanted different things. So, I'm gonna, so here's what I think. I think that the coronavirus is obviously important and it's serious, but I also think that there's a lot of dumb people not listening. And we're kind of doing a self-fulfilling prophecy here because we're having people dying from this, but no one is really caring enough to stay home. So what's happening is you're getting these people who are just spreading the virus because they have nothing better to do. Now, whether I think that that's the end of the world or the apocalypse is completely different because the apocalypse um, actually translates as revealing divine information. And that's why John in the Bible, he essentially what revelations were, they were letters that he sent to seven different churches talking about the end of days or what we would become to know as the apocalypse. Now, I don't think that that's happening. We don't see any of the biblical signs or the seven plagues or anything along those lines. But what we are seeing are a lot of people being stupid. And that's pretty much like every other day. The only difference is now people are getting sick. And unless that changes, it's only going to get worse. So that's what I think is going on right now. Ryan or someone, can you remind me and maybe some other people what are the seven signs? Uh, well, the ones that are most common are you going to be hearing about like the rivers turning to blood and the 
the sun getting very, very hot and the temperatures rising. And then after that happens, you're going to have to deal with um, the waters and the rivers drying up, especially in the Euphrates is what they were talking about there. And then you're going to have a global earthquake. And then... Earthquake! You know, yes. <laughs> Those are okay, the main ones. global, but, you know, we had another one. So I thought the Kardashians. I thought the Kardashians might be one of the signs. Am I wrong? <laughs> no, that was that was the crabs and not the locusts. Okay. False idols. <laughs> yeah. Ah, okay, cool. So Ryan, I would like to ask you a question. You would you, you said people are being stupid in the corona, the way they react to that, and, and I totally agree with that. But you did say that you don't think that this is one of the signs. You don't think that uh, famine or pestilence is a sign that that is the end of the age coming? Well, I do think that those things are correlated with the biblical end of days. But right now, the reason why we're seeing those is because people would rather go out and be on the beach with their friends rather than some active sign of God that no one has any correlation or ability to stop. You know, well, right, maybe right, God is I mean, using those people? I'm sorry? To bring Either a, means to maybe the God end. is using those people to bring about... The, the pestilence, the famine, those See, type things? That's, right. a, that's just a direction of causality. That's just saying that, you know, these people are doing something selfishly, so therefore it must be God doing so. That's that's why we've had so many false prophets before, you know, back when Y2K was a big deal, and they talked about, um, you know, all the computers that were going to be setting over, and, and people, the reason why everyone panicked is because they were worried about their money and everything else. You know, and that was a big sign of the end of days, too. And not once in the Bible did they talk about computers, right? So it's really just, it's a based on perspective and how people perceive things. Yeah. Okay. So we can say these people are going to the beaches of Miami and they're getting everybody sick. And now they go and they kill a bunch of people because, you know, they're spreading this disease. And that can be related to biblical terms, but only if you look at it through the concept of you're looking for biblical information, right? Because you, these people, if you would have told them, hey, don't go out to the beach because it's killing all the fish, they won't give a shit. They're still going to go to the beach, right? It doesn't yeah. matter who's dying from it. It's just they're going to do what they want to because that's how they feel they should act. So, I don't know. Does one lead to the other? It's possible, but right now I think that anything can be a sign of anything as long as you have some knowledge and the ability to perceive it as such. So, so you're not saying this doesn't exist, this pandemic, right? Coronavirus, no, COVID nineteen. You are just saying that potentially people can attribute what's happening to any boogeyman they want to. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Exactly. I mean, and we've talked about that before, right? It's a self-fulfilling prophecy. It's where, you know, we know people are getting sick, but we also know that people aren't staying inside. They are not social distancing. They are still doing the stupid crap that they were doing four months ago and wondering why things are getting worse. It's because they're not taking any action to actually prevent it from happening. I think a lot of it, though, is the, the time frame, though. The time frame is so short. So you refer to the Y2K. The Y2K, we knew for years that it was going to be a problem. And people say, oh, it wasn't a problem. But what they, people don't understand, it was a problem. 
And hundreds of thousands of people worked on this to make it not a problem because we had this huge time frame. And back in 2004, when people first started saying, you know, there's a very good chance we're going to have a pandemic, people thought, well, I don't want to think about it. I'd rather not, let's worry about it when it happens. So because there was no time frame of saying, if we sat there in 2004 and said, by the way, we're all going to get this thing in 2020, it's going to make us really sick, we would spend a lot of time doing it. Math is math. So when we knew that Y2K was happening, we worked to make it not happen. On this one, so who, had, who got us through the 2012 Mayan pandemic, you think, that end of the world thing? Somebody, I mean, we've known about that for like a long time. I think what happened is the Mayan stone, nobody flipped it over and realized the can, calendar was still on the other <laughs> side too, and it just kept going. Okay, so, here, like, so people would about being dyslexic. It's 2021. Next year, we're all going to be underwater. <laughs> if they, it's 2021, then we're in a lot of trouble. Well, maybe they just got yeah. tired of making 200 years of, of calendars. That's all they were contracting. No, I'm not going to say that out loud. But here's okay. So I was uh, whatever. Um, I remember Y2K and new people who were, you know, I don't freaking out, but you know, (laughs) panicking a little bit and and getting gas masks and all of those things, and then. Guess what happened when the clock turned? Nothing. Well, I understand what you're saying is that it's because so many people knew in advance and and worked to to change that and to make sure that it wasn't a big thing. How did this become different? If this, I mean, we heard about Y2K for. I don't know, months or years and SARS and bird flu and all of those things. Like how does this somehow become something that nobody expected? I don't well, know. Scientifically, if it was some... Go ahead, Tom. Go ahead. No, well, scientifically <laughs> they didn't expect any of those things to come up. I mean, we've known about them. The problem is that potentially that this, this flu like incubated in a different country and then kind of grew and mutated before we even got to do anything about it. Whereas those other pandemics, scientists were on it beforehand and then came up with an antidote pretty quickly, whereas it's taking them a long time to come up with this. So they're just kind of subjecting you to different tests for a long time. So they closed that window a lot sooner on those other ones, I think, because they were able to get on it a lot quicker. That's the story that we're getting fed by the government. Okay. I think you- there was uh, there was definitely knowledge that there was a pretty severe pandemic happening months and months ago. And it's like, oh, well, it's on the other side of the world. No big deal. It's not going to come here. We're not going to let it come here. And the way that it was handled is it wasn't. It was basically just, well, it'll be fine. No big deal. We'll, we'll deal with it. And We're when Americans. It, when it, exactly. <laughs> And when it did finally hit the states, it, we we already saw what it was doing t- to places all over the world. And then we were like, "Oh, well, oh, oh, it's here. But what do we do? How do we make it stop?" Like, well, you shut things down, and it took forever for anyone to actually make that decision to be like, "All right, well, let's shut it down." Like, well, well let's feel it out. Let's make sure you know it doesn't do whatever it's going to do. It. What happened is we basically watched it come across the seas to our shores and then acted 
like idiots. Like we had no idea what was happening when we knew exactly what was happening. Just nothing was being done about it. And well, people can, are still acting like nothing's happening. You can blame the media a lot on that too, because you've got so many different conflicting stories where younger people are not getting sick as much. And then you realize that they are getting sick at the same rate and they're killing other people because they're around people who have heart conditions or they're around people who are older. And so I know that most people in society, they can hear something and only really understand a third of it. So what they're hearing is, Hey, we're young, we're okay. We're not going to get it. You know, and then they go out and they have that combined with people who don't care because they don't think, okay, well, 85% of the people who get it, it doesn't bother them. Right. They're not, they don't understand that 15% of 700 billion people is still a lot of people. Right. And they also, are looking at the concept of, um, hey, it's not going to happen to me. It's not going to happen to us, you know, because we're young, we're fit, we're, we're, you know, healthy. And that leads to a lot of issues because now you've got people like, you have no idea how many people I've talked to that are like, God will protect us from the coronavirus and we're not going to get it. So they're just going to do whatever they want. Well, well, well perceived Bible. immunity is the, what had all pandemics and wars. Really. Well, it, here's the thing, though. The Bible also tells you, you know, God helps who help themselves, right? So if you're not helping yourself by staying six feet away from somebody or staying in your house and you get it, you can't blame God. You can blame yourself for being stupid. And I just feel like you're trying to put too much trust in false information and then when it happens you wonder why it happened and blame everyone else for it and that's not the way it should be so we're we're really talking about the pandemic that's happening but we're also talking about why are we even talking about end of time because of the pandemic right right that's kind of the question so i i would like my social life is dead gary (laughs) it died (laughs) (laughs) i would like to take that this conversation in in that that direction so we know that we are talking about the things that will come to pass. And one of them is the, the four horsemen, if, if we know about those. And the four horsemen, the, the fourth horse is the pale horse. And what we expect to see from that is a quarter of the earth, we're, we're told a quarter of the earth will be killed by either sword or famine or disease or wild animals. So if you're somebody that's looking at that and you're waiting for these things to happen, of course, you're going to look and say, oh, wait. Disease, that, that matches what's happening today, coronavirus. So why would we look at this disease that we're seeing, this pandemic that we're seeing, and say, well, this could be a stepping stone towards the end? Well, it's because people are looking and saying, and we're looking for those things to happen, right? Like a checklist. This has happened, this has happened, this has happened. So that's why we're looking at the pandemic and saying, could this be one of those stepping stones that's leading us there? Because the pale horse is tr- truly something that's going to happen if you're looking and people are truly looking for it. So this would key us to, to say, is this one of those stones that we're at those markers? What are the four horsemen? Because I was trying to guess them earlier today and I'm pretty sure I guessed them all wrong. And I think she said one, one was the Kardashians, I think. But. <laughs> so, so one of the, the, the first horsemen that he talks about is the white horse. And it's interesting because the rider is given a, a bow and a crown. And yet, if you think a bow, no arrows, right? It's, it's, it's a, a weapon, but with no, no 
goes forth with that weapon, <laughs> and he's given a crown, and he goes out to win battles and gain victory. Well, if you've got a weapon, if you've got a gun with no bullets or a bow with no arrows, how many battles are you going to win? So a lot of people think that maybe the, the battles that we're talking about from the White Horse is setting the stage for what's coming. In other words, choose your side, either on this side or you're on this side. And I think we see a lot of that happening in the world today. People are kind of taking sides. So There's divisiveness everywhere. Exactly. So the white horse is kind of what we see, in my opinion, and all of I'm giving is just my opinion, right? But that we kind of see that's what's happening today. The second horse is the red horse, which he's given uh, authority to take peace from the earth, whether it's through war and slaughter, and he's given a sword. So now he actually has a way to kill all these people instead of just dividing the people. The third horse is the black horse, which is basically famine. He talks about scales and a a loaf of bread and, you know, just famine in the land. And then the pale horse that we talked about. So those are the four horsemen. So all of those things, if uh, if the famine broke out, people would say, oh, this is one of those signs we're looking for, you know. Or actually, something kind of interesting to talk about that. I read an article today that uh, we are, well, we, meaning the eastern part of the United States, is basically – about to have a mega drought, the biggest one in the last 1200 years. They've been leading up to, well, we've been kind of, we've noticed droughts have been happening a lot lately, but um, the way that things are kind of projected is that we're within the next 20 years going to be in one of the biggest droughts since prehistoric um, records. And the only reason why they can track all of this is they're tracking the rings on trees and other things like that where they're able to follow that information. So there's, I mean, when you are talking about the kind of end of times, there's not really a, a calendar as far as how long it'll take for that stuff to happen. So when you say that famine is one of them and knowing that we could be quickly approaching a huge drought, and even though it is just a portion of north america that could be experiencing it that's that's still something that's relevant and i also have another thought is obviously it would need to be a global thing because i mean end of times means the end of the entire world and not just you know one country so at at what point do we look at the famine that has been kind of existing mostly caused by man, but in Africa where there's tribes and people that are starving, that's been going on forever. And it's, have we ever seen that as a sign of the times? So yeah, I have a thought with this though, and a lot of it is going to be interpretation. So one thing, Gary, when you say that a, per a percentage of people will die by sword, and how much do we take that literally, and how much do we take by interpretation? If you say literally people are going to be killed by a sword, or you say the sword represents blank. And then again, if you say, well, in that way there's a time span, and people say, well, we don't specifically mean this date, we mean beyond this period. It could be a millennial, it could be a couple hundred years, and, and I'm curious your thought on that. So sword, to me, is just a weapon, killed by weapons where we compare it to the white horse where he didn't have a real weapon. He had a bow, but no arrows. So those battles weren't won with weapons. 
if you talk about war, like we have, you know, World War One, World War Two, whatever war, the actual weapons are used in those wars. So I see the distinction there. I'm not sure on the other one. I I find it interesting. They use Matthew 24 a lot, you know, the signs of the, the end. They, they ask Jesus, what are, what are going to be the signs? And he tells them the signs, and he says, when you see all of these things take place, he says, he doesn't say, this is the end of the world. He says, this is the beginning of things, such as, and he compares it to birth pain. When you get pregnant, you have a birth pain, and it may be one, and it's not very, not very uh, bad. You just have one. And then as time goes on, as it comes close to the time to birth, you have many birth pains and you have severe birth pain. And so I think we judge time by how close are, the, how, how close are we to birth? Well, how many, how many birth pains are you having? What are your contractions? How severe are they, right? We use that as a right. As humanity, yeah, we see, we see the biblical end as like one big event when actually the Bible says, it, I mean, it doesn't put a time frame on the judgment. Right. It could be drawn out. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So you can, also, steps. you can also use the sword, you know, in a symbol too, where there are two sides to every story. There's a spectrum where you've got good versus evil. You've got the separation of the flock, who the people who believe in, you know, Antichrist is is there versus the you know the true source of divine power. You know we see like we talked about the first horseman is there to essentially separate the group, while the second one is trying to, um, you know, force those people to fight for something whether they believe in it or not because now they have the two sides, right? Yeah. Um, you know, and then we I don't know if you guys remember, but I think it was two thousand and. 15 there was a bunch of youtube videos about everyone was hearing you know the horns of gabriel and all these sounds like trumpets sounding all over the world and everyone thought it was in the time oh yeah right and like we've talked about where spiritual time is different from material time you know um you know has it been happening since then has it been happening for the last two years has that been happening since trump was elected right there's just a lot of different things that can start the process if everyone's looking at them as the start of the process. I think a lot of that, though, is if you say um, identifying something that's mysterious that you don't understand. So it would be the same thing with the Bigfoot sighting. If I tell you that over by Bogus Basin that I saw a Bigfoot, and then now 20 people will say, like, wait a minute, I saw something. I didn't know what it was. That must be a Bigfoot. And I think that goes with the same thing when you're hearing the sound of Gabriel and things like that. If you want to start identifying something that somebody doesn't understand, and I can't make an educated opinion on my own, I'm just going to absorb yours. So when you start that mass hysteria by giving a, log a, a somewhat in your own logical explanation, that's when that kind of stuff happens. So now when you sit into times when people say, and clearly we're, most of us here are in Idaho, and we have that earthquake and we'll look at each other and we go, well, it's the end of times. Ha ha. LOL. And then also you start hearing about a, a helicopter or helicopter. Sorry, let me try to get a, a volcano. Sorry from a helicopter. Uh, but people are filming that and they're saying, well, now there's this. So if I can't piece it together logically, I'm going to listen to somebody say the end of times. And that's where I think we come to a lot of this, where people are saying literally like they are freaking out right now saying this is the end of times. And I, 
we've had. Well, I when you. Oh, go ahead, Bill. No, no, I was just gonna say though. This is a thing that I'm gonna talk about a little bit. Is I didn't grow up knowing about the Spanish influenza. I didn't know that there was a time right after World War One that 50 million people died. Clearly, none of us were alive then. But like, I didn't know about it. I didn't know about that growing up. I didn't find out about it until I was in college, and then it was almost a footnote. And you people say like, we're living history right now. We're living through history, but are we? Are we living through that? Why didn't, how did people perceive that during the Spanish influenza? The Spanish flu hit, did people say, well, it's the end of the world? Or they just put on their masks and live their business? I don't know. And then you want to think back to the Black Plague or things like that. I mean, I know, Ryan, you've got a pretty good history of pandemic type end of world scenarios through history. How do yeah. they differ from now? And, and how did they, you know, we could sit there and say SARS or the Ebola stuff like that. Did did people or, jump you know, up and start screaming? Blue, right. Like yeah. if you look at it, there's a pretty good um, pattern. About every hundred years or so, there's some sort of pandemic, right? And there are conspiracy theorists that say, "Oh, it's aliens, right? They're trying to, <laughs> they're trying to, yeah, they're trying." I was to. actually going to say, sorry. Like, there's only two ways, like, Dave was saying, like, you can steer it toward a religious view of things where you're trying to look and piecemeal everything out as the beginning of something because of religion. And if you're going to look back and say that there's one way that they're all different, I'm not sure I could tell you, but if there's one way that they're all the same, all of these pandemics and all of these wars as this is going to be the apocalypse, absolutely every time a sect of religion has said this is going to be the apocalypse. That's the one continuous thing between all of that stuff is somebody religiously is saying this is the end because of A, B, and C. Well, eventually now, you're yeah. going to get it right. You know? Well, right. And eventually you're right. What the, Existing now are two different things. So I think like you were saying, like the aliens or Illuminati or however you want to put it, there's the Georgia Guidestones, right? They exist. They've been there since, well, what, 1980 or something like that. And they pretty much have this unexplained, unexplained uh, carving that says the world's going to be cold down to, what is it, 500 million people, which is a lot, considering we've got billions. You know what I mean? That's a lot. That's way more than the quarter you're talking about with the White Horse, or you know? Right. That's a lot more than any war. I mean, if you think about it. World War II killed half of the world's population, and we haven't had a culling like that in the United States or the world in pretty much since then. Since Vietnam, nobody's died in mass like that for a long time. So, and we're kind of missing that as a world. It's absolutely, we're pushing, in my view, growing up, it's never has going to be like the world's going to end because of climate change. It's going to end because people are stupid. Like you said, it's either going to be because of political reasons. We're going to cause a huge war and eliminate ourselves because that's history. And that just keeps repeating. Or there's going to be, like now, what they've been warning us for for 25 years, there's going to be some kind of virus that's going to mutate that we're not going to keep on top of because penicillin's 100 years old, and that's the best we can do. And it's well, going to get in front of us. That's Here's exactly... I, I just have to step in for a second. Um, I am not as well educated on like the history of pandemics or any kind of epidemic, but Here's something that, that keeps crossing my mind. I remember Heaven's Gate, and I remember Y2K, and I remember all of these things. 
and so much of the media or at least some of the media during those times was focused on is this the end of the world but i and maybe i'm not reading the sources that are covering this but i haven't seen media during this epidemic about covid-19 coronavirus that talks about this is the end of the world what it, i mean i see a lot of you know articles about how this will change the world but to me this feels a little different because no one is saying this is the end no one is drinking the Kool-Aid or wearing their white Nike's and laying in a bed i think part it's of very different i think part of that is from media sources the sensationalism of some things making them out to be bigger than they are makes people want to watch and i mean right, it's all papers. about ratings and so when when people are looking around like oh shit this is real like this is everywhere this is happening they're they don't want to say is this the end of the world because that might be an actual well, yeah because this is thing for them. i mean we not we the media we whatever sensationalized heaven's gate and all of these other things to a degree that it it, it consumed our thoughts and everything that we read for a certain point of time but i think tanya what you say is actually really true the difference is that this affects like all of us and everyone well things like heaven's gate and Jonestown and even like Waco, Texas um, with David Koresh, those were things that were the, after the fact where they were going on during the time. Like people didn't know about Heaven's Gate until after it was done. They walked in and found a bunch of people with quarters in their shoes with some Nikes and they found it afterwards. I think the same thing with Jonestown. They walked in and they found all these people dead. You know, Waco, Texas was a thing, but you know, it was the, those boiled down to one thing, one person with a charisma, to convince everybody else of what they said was real. Yeah, the Antichrist. This, is this like and that was, uh, Storm Area 51? Well, but okay, so, so that, hold on. Hold on. Go ahead. The one thing, I've got a couple things I want to say real quick. So you talk about yeah. everyone having one charismatic leader, right? That's what the whole end of day's apocalypse is about, is the one charismatic leader being the person who's going to be the false prophet, or in this case you know, the Antichrist, right? And, you know, evil, if that's what you want to call it, doesn't have a body structure or a facial type, right? You know, the idea behind it is as long as they can convince others what they want and allow the idea to spread, it's going to happen one way or the other, whether we try to fight it or not. Because an idea, if you can convince someone that it's their idea, is the hardest thing to eradicate because they start putting belief behind it. That's where, have you guys heard of Gene Dixon? Do you guys know who that is? Mm-mm. Yeah. No. Gene Dixon was no. a psychic who predicted the JFK assassination. And she said before she died that the Armageddon was going to happen in 2020. Now, Gene Dixon also 
was a popular psychic, and that's where the Gene Dixon effect comes from, where if you have 100 predictions, right, and only three come true, but they're really, really big ones, everyone's going to go like, oh, my God, well, she knew what she was talking about. She predicted the assassination of JFK, so therefore when she thinks it's going to happen in 2020, it must be happening, right? And that's what we talked about. Tom and Bill and everyone else, we've talked about group hysteria and how you can put an idea in someone's head and that psychic driving leads to lots of other ideas and lots of other people believe in something. And unfortunately, we also live in a time where people don't really do research either, right? And Bill, you've mentioned that where you feel like, oh, look, it's a Bigfoot. It was tall and brown, and I couldn't tell what it was. So because it's blurry and brown, it's a Bigfoot, right? And everyone started saying, oh, it's a Bigfoot that we saw. It's a Bigfoot, like on the Reddit, right? You can give someone information that makes sense, but because it doesn't fit their agenda, they just disregard it. And I feel right. like that's, no, that's, and I, I totally agree. I guess my big question is, and, and maybe I'm forgetting something, but why out of all of these other things that have happened, why is, I mean, this is very, very well covered. What's happening now, this pandemic is very, very well covered but I don't see articles or media talking about how this kite, this might be, you know, a sign of the apocalypse or the end of the world. What? No, what? not in the media, but I do see it in public opinion. I see that coming out. And like Gary was saying, they're only really putting it as a marker of the beginning, not really as, Oh crap, we're going to die now. And you can kind of see that in forms of pandemic. Like they, there was some mass hysteria, absolutely. Like, nobody was out looting stores, but they were absolutely out, like, hoarding things, which is hysteria. And here's another thing, too. Actually, that's super about, like, toilet paper. Here's something else to think about, too. It's like, 150 years ago, like, we didn't have the social media presence that we do today, right? So when you heard about something that was affecting the world and that it was going to happen... It could have been solved already, but you didn't know about it, so you're still dealing with all the hysteria. Nowadays, people are too busy looking at cat videos on YouTube to give a crap whether or not, you know, 35 more people died or 1,000 people died or whatever. Yeah, people didn't know during the Black Plague that, you know, 100 miles away, 400 people are just going through the same thing they were going through. A lot of people thought that it was regional, and they didn't know. And plus, at the same time, they were, they were afraid to travel because if you were sick, you weren't going to go to another town that was sick. You were going to stay. So, so news didn't travel the same way. But, but the thing of it is now, I feel is this: it's we love to share information. I love to if I know something you don't know, Ryan. I want to I want to tell you. Yeah, I want but to text that you and tell you doesn't have to be correct, and that's what I'm trying and, to say. And that's what I'm saying. It's an uneducated opinion. It's the same reason on social media when somebody shares an article that's not true. And the first thing when I see something. Our researches. We live in the society now where we watch a movie and we like the actor. We want to know what else he's in. And then we search for his name, find out four other movies he was in. And then all of a sudden we get in this rabbit hole of collecting data just for our own sanity, just by watching this one movie. Not everybody does that. So if I can't form my own educated opinion. And I see somebody post a, an article that, you know, that, that Obama created this virus in his kitchen 
And I go, that's real. I got to share that with my 300 friends and I share it. And now I'm another person that can't form an educated opinion. And I see that and I share it and I like it. And I forward it and this and that. That's the world that we live in. And that's the people that can't form their, that can't research things and share it. And that's where the apocalyptic view pops up. So it's that one person that makes a valid point to somebody that can't make their own valid point to say, by the way, we've had an earthquake, a volcano was happening here, the plague's going on, it's the end of the world, and now suddenly who are people are saying, well, then it must be the end of the world because I had my friends say it, and they're smart, and they post stuff. I would like to comment on, on your statement, Liberty, that, that why are we not seeing that in the, the media? And I would say to you, I see it every day. So obviously we're watching different medias, right? And, and I think maybe that goes back to there, there are two different views on this, two different sides. One, one side is headed this direction, and their focus and their vision is on whatever direction they're headed. I'm on another side, and my focus and vision is on this other side. So there doesn't, there's not a day that goes by that I don't turn my TV on and I watch stuff that are about the end of times or the, the signs that are happening. So I would say I'm on channel three and the reason you're not seeing it is because you're on channel two. And that's, Carrie, that's a really good point. Actually, I, yeah, actually like very affecting. I didn't think of that, but yeah, but yeah, either way, it sure. doesn't matter what channel you're on. Either channel is yeah. going to have a boogeyman. I mean, I'm influenced by, and, and because of analytics and digital marketing and things. Well, and everybody stuff. is. I am seeing, <laughs> opinions and friends and things that people who think like I do. Right. That's a really, really good point. Bills and marketing. Or you should know better than anybody else, Bill, that it, it kind of links back to what we're saying. And it doesn't matter what channel you're on. There's going to be a boogeyman, somebody who we want to peg something on because we're humanity and that's what we do. It's somebody else's fault. If we don't have something to blame it on, we're going to drive ourselves crazy. <laughs> and that other part of that is like we, we sell something. It's got to be exciting and it's got to be relatable and then you'll buy into it. You should know that as like as somebody who does advertising. That's all yeah, you really gonna... have to be. I'm going to sell you my idea with bias is what it's all going to boil down right. to is because I'm going to let you see because my view. it sounds good to you. It well, is going to be. It, sorry, Rango. You can affect people too by, you know, putting messages in things that they don't understand that they're perceiving, right? Like um, I remember there was a scientific study where if you look at Disney movies, all the villains have more angular lines versus all of the heroes who have more rounded lines because people tend to associate um, horns and pointy things with evil and you know that's very subliminal marketing right and it's subliminal thought processing too it's like it's like hypnosis on a media type level and I know Tom you and I've talked about this before where if you want to get someone to think like you do or think in the way you want them to you don't have to say anything you just have to take something they believe in and change it slightly to your opinion and we'll they feed it back through. to them. Yeah, it's psychic driving, right? Now, yep. on the concept of the end of times or the end of days and the apocalypse, right? First of all, if we talk about Notre Dame, right, where he had maybe a thousand predictions, and let's just say 10% of those came true, right? Well, but, when you want to say 10%, I got to interject. Vague interpretations, 10% of his, of inter of his predictions. Right, but that's what I was 
You're right. Somebody we, goes, the mole, the mole will crawl from the ground and see a shiny sun, sun, and people go like, oh, well, that must mean this, and I'm going to make connect the dots. So now Notre Dame is true. And that's so exactly when you say ten percent, that's that's yeah. Right. That's what I'm trying to say. Those ten percent. Let's say if only we'll say there's. I'm going to break this down in just small numbers so it's easier to understand. Let's say that there are 500 people, and out of those 500 people, they only hear 10% of his um, thousand predictions, and they just happen to be the ones that are true. Those 500 people are going to go, holy crap, everything he says is the truth, and then that's just what they're going to tell everybody, whether, like Bill said, those those predictions are vague, like – you know, there's a shiny bird in the sky and it, it hits, you know, two tower buildings. Well, who cares, right? And here's the thing, too. Notre Dame has been dead so long that you can just basically say, oh, he totally said that. And people are going to go, holy crap, I've heard of him, right? It must be one of those things. <laughs> well, that- even Ed- Edgar Casey. Edgar Casey wasn't even that long ago. And he was wrong about he was right about like World War II if you wanted to relate it that way and stuff like that. So people were looking at him for the 20th century, right? And he was wrong about his apocalypse predictions. And now you don't hear about him at all. So like, it, but you better believe that those people who were thinking that Edgar Casey's like uh, apocalypse day was going to happen and moved on, didn't move on to somebody else thinking that some new apocalypse was going to happen because people are sheep and that's, how they are and i mean like not to downplay religion or any other like chosen deity or how you want to think but that's how we all think like really it comes down to i think man's personal fear of being destroyed ourselves and not having anything to be able to do with it like in christianity the whole out for like if you're gonna die and this is the apocalypse is but i can still be saved and redeemed right in hinduism there is really no apocalypse it's just cyclical time and you're going to get judged and recycled so we're the only ones in the world who think that way anyway and we only think that way i think because we're so damn scared about what happens after we die and that you know so we invented it there's a couple tribes i don't remember where they're at so i don't know if this is relevant or not but they each believe that if you're not a part of their tribe you're going to hell right the whatever hell that is so based on that you know, unless one of them is right, everyone is going to hell because no one shares part of the same, you know, correlation to both tribes. And there are Christian religions who believe that too. Well, exactly. But what people don't understand about the coronavirus in particular is this is just the beginning, right? Now that it's here, unless they have a cure for it, that doesn't mean it's not going to get worse in the winter. It doesn't mean oh, the virus is just going to get worse. Absolutely. It doesn't mean scientifically. Exactly. Next year it's going to mutate. You know, I'll tell you what, like you see a lot of these, I watched I am legend last night because it was on and Danny and I watched it, but you know, they talked about a cure for cancer that ended up having some sort of rabies like effect, right? Rabies have been around a long time and it's another disease that affects every host that it becomes in contact with. Right. But no one freaked out about it as much as they do the coronavirus and it's essentially the coronavirus is essentially on the same level as that because it can affect just about anything. Right. But what people don't understand is there's a lot of these diseases that people haven't cured. I mean like a bowl. Uh, Brian, our, yeah. And I get that because I've been having 
like those same thoughts and feelings, but the, the sheer amount of people that are infected and the deaths, like, is that still comparable to rabies or I don't know, the flu? Any other flu that we've had? Absolutely. Like, it's, it's only really affecting people who are absolutely not ready for it. And only really high numbers of, like, uh, density Wait, I'm population sorry. where people are super packed together. Are you saying it's only affecting people who aren't ready for it? So, like, the 25-year-old who passed away because of coronavirus just wasn't ready for it? Let me ask you that, Liberty. I, I saw news today that said that the most affected people in Idaho right now are between 19 and 25 with coronavirus. And if that's the case, because everything you heard previously was that it was going to kill old people and children, right? right? That yeah. most people that were healthy age were going to be fine. It's just a flu. Now, yeah. they're the people who are affected. I would say... The only reason that would make sense in my mind is because the people who are children and old are prepared and not going out. And the well, then I, well, 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 hold on. So, but behind that, real quick, I'll say I know for a fact the fact yeah, that when you say that, that the age between between like eighteen and twenty five, the reason why they're the ones that are infected because they're the ones that are not listening because they think. And I actually know this for a fact because my daughter, who's saying I can't get infected, and she's hanging out with all her friends, and she's the one right, that's going out socializing. That's so when, when you have people at we're all of an age that when we heard about this, we're not a hundred, but we still said, well, gosh, darn, we better hide inside and be smart. And we protected ourselves. So when you say a younger generation is the one, they're not, it's not that because of their age groups more susceptible to getting sick it's because their ignorance and the fact that they go, well, right. I, my, well you know it my daughter less said, ready and less prepared. You know what my daughter said, what my said. daughter said, my daughter said, I'm stronger than the flu. And she hung out with all her, all her other 22 year old friends. Which is what I talked about earlier, where the media yeah. at the beginning said that those people of that age don't really have to worry about it, which is not true. Everyone has the ability to get, um, you know, infected with this disease. It's just it's affecting people who have conditions or they're or older. So there's another thing. It's there's another thing you think about this. When we say this is a thing we have to really really consider. Testing's been piss poor in the United States. So Absolutely. when we say tested positive that is such a small percentage of people who have actually been infected so those are you're talking about an age group of people who are probably have great insurance and are going in and getting and getting tested has anybody here been tested raise your no. hand no ryan okay ryan has been tested how did it turn out all right don't you don't have to tell us your answer but anyway no, I, i'll tell you what happened i had i had a fever and i went to bed and woke up and it was gone and then it came back later that day and I went to bed and woke up and it was gone. And since I had the boys coming over and because Danny has a heart condition, I wanted to make sure that I didn't have something like that because I work in retail. Tom, you know, and I work as a, as barbers. So we're constantly in people's faces and I had strep throat, right? So it's just one of those things that the symptoms for this are like the symptoms for a hundred other damn things. Yeah. My yeah. buddy had bronchitis. I had a bad head cold. I mean, uh, I, I had, had a bad, bad flu head. prior to this. I got hit from hit, hit hard for like four days. So anybody here other than Ryan and Ryan, by the way, you could be positive that we don't know. All of us here could be infected and not know. You look positive. And, 
I'm always positive. <laughs> well, but we all could we all could test positive right now for COVID nineteen and not know. And we just and never, we could have just survived. But here's the thing though. We're also in our homes not going anywhere either, right? Well, but uh, then again today, like I got in an elevator to go downstairs and I live on the fifth fifth floor, gets on the third floor, door opens, I see somebody that I know that used to be my neighbor that now is on the third floor, he just walks in. And I thought, well, we don't live in that world now. You're, you're supposed to wait. I wait. If there's somebody on the elevator, I'll catch it. And then walk Yeah, but then the- you go in there and you touch all the damn buttons anyway. <laughs> oh, I'm, now, I'm now two feet away. I elbow everything, but I'm, we do. I'm we two feet away. I'm two feet away from two people having a conversation with me about what life, how, how they're doing. How are you doing? How are you doing? Let's all talk what about, about this coronavirus, could, huh? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. And then I go to walk to the bank. And there's a group of people talking that won't move out of the way for me to go around to go to the bank, just to hit the ATM to put some checks in. And I think, well, this is now I could have, I could, this second could have it. I don't know. I could be infected right now. And maybe I don't show symptoms and maybe I do. But so when you say, when you say these are the people that are testing positive, these are the people that are getting tested. And that's the number one thing to look at. We can't look at that. When you look at a company, a country comparing Italy to Germany, and you have a, uh, Italy who's testing everybody, and Germany is like, eh, I don't know. We'll test who we want to test. You can't. It's, not, it's just not fair. Didn't the, I don't know, this, I don't know what they call it, the supreme leader of Australia say that they were going to beat this disease just by being Australian? No, 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 no. You know what he said? He did admit. So the Prime Minister of, of Australia said, he said, first of all, A, this is the biggest thing that's hit us in 100 years. And he acknowledged every 100 years something like this hit. And then he says, for the next six months, six months life will be a mess. And then he gets pressured and he goes, I don't know, let's just resume our lives. And that boils down to the whole thing about the economic pressure of being a, a political leader. But he, he's just a mess anyhow. Okay, but here's I mean, you can the thing. Talk about that. We have okay. We have a problem, and the issue is we're trying to solve that problem with the same mindset that we use to create it, and it's not gonna it's not gonna change because we're not getting information, we're not looking at other things, we are not testing this type of stuff, right? And you know, I am Legend brought up a great concept of this too, is where they started out with the cure to cancer in that movie and then it ended up being something completely different and chart it mutated. Right. And started causing all these problems and everyone died in three years. Right. You know, and then you've got people saying that this disease was made in the lab or it came from a pangolin or an infected bat or, you know, no one even knows where it really came from. And do you remember a couple of years ago where they're talking about Ebola and how it was a big deal and then all of a sudden no one talked about it anymore? Well, right. but, they were, but also they were, at the same time, we had different leadership. We had a leadership that was set up for a pandemic. Just keep that in mind. Like we, well, right, but I, we, we, were, but we spoke up. But here's the thing is when oh, somebody so says. the FEMA wasn't any better. Like, no, 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 but, but, I mean, but like, you I don't want to like make this. it all political, but. No, it's, I'll make it political 100%. When you, have a, when you have a few people that get super sick and the leadership steps up and says, this is a big deal. Let's get ready for it. If it failed, great. It's egg in their face because it wasn't a big deal. Okay, but, but let me egg, say something. Would you rather that be the egg in the face of being ignored in a situation and then when it blows up and you're like, whoops, should have said something. 
and that's one thing. No, but I don't. I don't believe that under strict Obamacare that we had, we would have been any more ready or had any more testing available. I mean, like they're scrambling just as fast as they can to get them from every source they can, and I think that would have been the same regardless of what side of the aisle you'd been on politically. Okay, but let's. I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna step in for a second. Oh, hi, Liberty. That's what I do. Hi, me again. We can't solve how or why this happened or like the political involvement, which is quite complicated. And yes, that's all I will say. I guess what I want to know is how are we, us, these people uh, in this podcast, and, uh, the people, our friends and our family, the people who are connected to us, like, how are we dealing with that? And like, what do we do? Like, Gary, uh, how has it affected you and and your life? I don't know. Well, yeah, I, I work from home now. I don't go shopping unless I have to. Do I go over to my son's house? Yes. And he shouldn't because Josh still has to work around people. And I understand. Do you wear a mask when you go shopping? Yes, yes. And, like, how did you get that? You get the mask. anywhere. I sell them. Oh, we did. We, we have supplies. Yeah. Just because we've, you know. Yeah. They, yes, I mean, I made my own, and it was not good. <laughs> tried. I'm just, I'm just like curious. So, how is this affecting us? Like the the people. We've read all of the news articles. We don't need to hear that again. Let's well, okay. talk about like. You know how it's affecting us, Liberty? Us. Yeah, we're living through no. it. We're living through it, just like any other society, like Bill said. When the Spanish influence was going through, how did it affect them? They probably thought a portion of them that it was the apocalypse, yeah. and it was a sign of the apocalypse. Yeah. But then they got past it, and probably some of them got cool tattoos that said, I survived the Spanish flu. Like, I plan I to get one that says, I survived COVID-19. Okay, but, or whatever yeah, but, but the whole thing is, like, when so people say that, that, we say we're living well, history what, right now. Everybody will say the same thing. We're living history. But how many people here in in grammar school were taught about the Spanish flu? No one just raised their hand, and that's we the were thing. taught about it's it. Like, we were taught about it in school. I don't think it was in grammar school. Did you? I think I like well, but, heard about it, but I. But I don't that's know a fifty million people. Fifty million people. If we lost fifty million people right now, we'd be devastated. It would change the way we do everything. And of course, you know, like Ryan pointed out, we don't, there was no Twitter and Facebook and things like that. Nobody was going to post a picture of them being in their apartment in 1916 going here. I am living in the flu and look at me. You know, we didn't live in that world. So nobody knew. And now these pictures are popping up. Like people walking down the street with their masks, empty, empty. Uh, you know, it was right after world war one and people warned about the flu. And by the way, there's two things that happened during this time. First of all, the flu came in and everybody went into hiding. And then all of a sudden somebody said, well, I think that's been long enough. And they came back out and a second wave of the flu came back out. And that's a thing that could very much happen now. And, and people look at that as, I, I did a little bit of research. I saw very little of people pointed this at the end of the world. And maybe it was, did, did we lean towards, maybe we didn't have those resources. Maybe people didn't know 
I couldn't share with my neighbor three blocks away that I thought God was trying to kill us all or that the devil was after us or just that we were bad people. I don't know. I don't know how that, why that was the case. Well, now that I see people will saying, and by, by the way, I will, I will give credit to, I have people saying like, we'll get this through thoughts and prayers. Like, I think those days are over. I don't think we have those thoughts and prayer days over anymore. But there are still people that are saying, trust in God, you're going to get through this. Or I've been seeing the God's punishing us. And I'm, I'm kind of really torn because I, when, I say, when I see that, when somebody says God's punishing us, why now? What did we do that God punished us for this? And I think it's a, it just is a weird thing for me. Well, because the whole Bible, the Bible says any day. It's not going to be any, I mean, any day. They're just going to, it's like a pop quiz, man. You're not going to know. You can't just get your shit in order until a week before it's going to happen. And, well, I think and like, that, sorry, go Tom. Ahead. I think that if, no, there's any, if there's any deity that is trying to punish us, it would be Mother Earth, right? Because of all the shit. Absolutely. That we're right? Yeah. And, you know, she's the one that makes all the viruses and all the crap anyway, right? You know, it's one of those things where I, okay, people have been saying that this has been created in a lab and it's some sort of weapon of mass destruction. And I think that's crap because A, it's not strong enough. Yeah, it's killing people, but it's also only killing certain amounts of people. If this is a weapon of mass destruction, the only way they could be strategically placed is the fact that it's so easy for people to get. And if that's the case, the next iteration of the virus is going to be the bad one. And people aren't thinking ahead. They're thinking of, okay, I can't go out and get McDonald's and toilet paper to wipe my ass. So let's just stay at home and throw fits about it and put hearts on the windows. And maybe someone walking by will see the heart. I mean, no one cares, right? The issue is what's going to happen. If you see someone's heart in the window, are you just going to flip it off and keep going? Come on, man. I've been putting dicks in <laughs> The hey, only listen. person that stopped is Tom. <laughs> uh, me again. You love this. But actually, uh, you just said this. Ryan, why are people hoarding toilet paper? Can okay. We, for because a second. Stupid. No, here's the thing. Okay. So Why is that the first thing? Because happens. it's a comfort. It's everyone's, everyone's hoarding comfort. Well, but my comfort yes. is like mashed potatoes. So, well, okay. Believe me, thirty pounds since this quarantine started. If I, it's so, expansion I mean, of five. Food. Yeah, but that was no. The the and toilet paper. I can tell you why. Like okay. day one. I have reasons for this too. COVID fifteen is like me thirty days later. Liberty, okay, if you, if Liberty, Liberty, if you wrote on Facebook, by the way, I just went to the store and they're almost out of toilet paper. Okay. If you wrote that on Facebook, five people you know are going to go, oh, my God. At least five people are going to go, oh, my God. I have to run to the store and get more toilet paper. And if two or if even just all of them wrote, hey, I just heard Winco's running out of toilet paper, they're going to spread that to their five people and go. Oh, yeah. It's, That's totally it's propaganda. Share, it's, it, it is. It's it really, really is. It's the same yeah, way that the fact like, that the, this is how Tiger King became how, such a big this thing. This is how things go viral. Yeah. I know, but the so same reason everybody goes, 
Charmin is the company Charmin. that started the virus and then let there it There we loose. go. Tony got it. And thanks for listening to me tonight. <laughs> Please tell us the origin myth. Huh? The origin myth? Well, oh, wait, it was uh, Charmin started Tiger King. And Ryan's been trying to say something for like five minutes. Ryan, go, go for ahead, it. Ryan. Okay, so when this first started, no one really knew what the symptoms were. And a lot of people were saying they were flu-like symptoms. So flu-like symptoms for most people are fever, achy pains, shits, vomiting, right? And, and, they, need more, and they need more cowbell, but go. Right, exactly. So what's going on is now they're looking for things that they need during the time that they're sick, right? No one was hoarding 7-Up or Sprite. They were more worried about you know, cleanliness because cleanliness is a big deal when it comes to passing disease, right? So that's why the hand sanitizer went. That's why the toilet paper went. That's why, you know, what? Hands, like hand soap, all that stuff went out the window because everyone was trying to buy it, right? Because they reacted before they had the information that was necessary or pertinent to the situation. Because we're cattle and they tell us, hey, the CDC said masks don't do anything. Yet our governor says continue to wear your masks because it will make you feel better. Well, do shit. here's the thing about masks, right? It does stop. It does stop the spread of those respiratory illnesses if you have the right mask, right? But that's like the same thing. Right, but they're allowing any mask. They're just telling you to wear any mask. I mean, like, it, it's propaganda. That's why people buy stuff. It's sensationalism. And, like, it really is just perception. That's, I really think the apocalypse, even if you look at it religiously, is just something that is painted out there to put all of our fears on. Because it yeah, doesn't yeah. matter. It's like, take, take the Native Americans, right? They showed up. We gave them smallpox. It went from the east coast to the west coast and killed them all i bet that there was sensational stories told before that i bet they went out and gathered their toilet papers and i, I and they all prayed to their gods okay and they well, all died. you mentioned was the that an apocalypse to them i bet it was, was okay it apocalypse for everybody else sure as hell wasn't you mentioned the mask okay now here's the thing mask is a generalized term for what they're putting on their faces but they don't understand that there are different types of masks like uh, the reminder mask, hey, don't touch your face, uh, understand social distancing, versus the ones that have the carbon lining in them that prevent, you know, the, the spread of the disease, right? One is to help the person understand the mindset, while the other one is more of a physiological concept, right? So the idea of having a mask should help either way, as long as they're still practicing those safe distancing as long as you're getting a new mask every day and practicing these things which nobody's going to do i mean you're you're more likely to contract that crap with the mask that you wear day in and day out for a week well you should you know that's for the hygiene right well it's exactly it's naivety it's where we all come from as people that's why we always go down these same paths in history that lead us to either war or famine or disease spreading i mean honestly we, have a, the black plague didn't have to have so many iterations. So we're beyond the past of ignorance is bliss. And I say this in the, in, the, in the aspect of we actually now have to, we've created so much that we can't be ignorant to what's going on. But you think about the ignorance is bliss beyond the fact of us having any sort of brain function to create 
our own death. So you think about the time, the, the fact that when Earth actually created life and how many millions and millions of years dinosaurs and other life forms existed. And never once did another dinosaur turn to another dinosaur and said, hey, did you ever see Barry the Brontosaurus? He has a cop over there. Stay six feet away from him. Like we didn't live in that world because we didn't create that. And then they get wiped out by a meteor. Again, this is my own opinion from everything I was learned through school. I learned it, did. But now we live in this world where it's like we're creating things that are going to destroy us. So if we ignore them, we, we could have gone our whole life just being dumb and lived a million years. Man could have lived for a million years, but we got a little too smart. And we created this world where now we need to be smarter than ourselves. So Tom, with what you're saying with like, we have to have these, we've created a world now where this period we have to have the better masks and we have to have the better science. And Ryan, you're saying like the max represents the six feet away from each other. We're, we're too smart. And now even the dumb people need to be as smart as the smartest people. And that's the thing that's going to fail because they're not. So when you go outside and you see the people that say, well, I know we shouldn't be around people and we should be six feet apart from it, but nah, I'm smarter than that. I'm better than that. I'm going to hang out with those other people. Yeah. That's our demise. So ignorance is bliss versus dumb as much as ethical versus unethical. Like I ignorance is bliss can never be a saying ever again. Ignorance is bliss is gone. We never can have that saying it's dead. We have to actually be smarter than the, we have to be smarter than the other person next to us. Okay, so we have been talking for I'm an hour. We should either wrap it up or go back Natural to selection. our original the the topic world. and then figure out a way to wrap it up. Thanks for our producer, Tanya, for jumping in over that. I, I do think I said this could be, as long as it's not the end of the world, we'll have more podcasts. I, I want to get a little bit of, Gary, I love that you've been on here and you've had some really good insight. I do want to get a little bit of your thought on a spiritual end because I know that you're very intuitive. You're very connected to the way that uh, religion is looking at this. Uh, you're deep in Tulsa, Oklahoma. So you're on the kind of the other side of where we're at. We're all in Idaho here. And I want to get your thought uh, religiously how you look at this. Okay. So I look at it this way. What I'm seeing I'm excited about what's happening. Not the death, not the, the misery that people are going through, but I'm seeing a move of God working through this. I'll use an example. The church that I go to is we're having church online. So you don't go to the building, you don't, you're not around people, but we do that, we do that all the time. When we go to a church, to a church building, we have live praise and worship, and then we watch it on, on video. So we're used to watching it on video. And since this has started, other churches that don't have that, that have live interaction every Sunday, they don't have that option, right? They, they have to figure out how are we going to have church. So we're seeing, I think last, last weekend, we had 25,000 different churches sign on to the platform with us. And so we're having, we're having a church with millions and millions of people every Sunday. So to me, that's exciting. The whole, the whole idea for us is to get, get the message out. And, you know, Ryan had said something about, you know, a, a God that would, that's mad at us or something. I can't remember exactly what you said, but 
But I don't see that. You know, he's been telling us, get ready, get ready, get ready. In fact, even the, even the disciples asked Jesus when, when he said all these things are going to happen, they were expecting the end to happen then. His disciples were expecting the end. Every generation, even the scripture says, wait a minute, you've been saying this forever. My ancestors said the same thing. That's a scripture. So it's exciting to me to see the other side of that. It's terrible what's happening because it, it is real. There are people dying and it is misery and it's, it, that's sad. But he's told us forever these things are going to happen. Get ready. Does that mean that I, I'm not affected? No, it doesn't mean. He doesn't promise that I'll never be touched or affected. But it's exciting to see the other side of that, that when something bad happens, from my viewpoint, I'm looking at the side, but what is God doing on the other side of that? So from my perspective, you, I see that. Is it, do you think that the religious base is increasing over this? Do you think that more and more people are leaning towards religion and God so because of what's going on? Remember what happened when 9-11 happened for the first time? day or two, right, people kind of got religious for a while, right? I'll use an example again last weekend, because we had so many different churches, 25,000 different churches on the same platform. There's a place on there at the end of the service that says, hey, if you'd like to dedicate yourself to Christ, you know, raise your hand. And I think that, I think I forgot the number. I think it was like 110,000 people did that. So yeah, we're seeing numbers like we've never seen before. So yeah, it's awesome. people are. Now, Will they stay devoted? You know, who knows, right? I mean, that's that's up to them. But. They're fervent right now. Right, What's, exactly. I mean, it's, and we've seen it at 9-11. The same people did the same thing, right? They were excited for a while. And then after a right. while, like, ah, okay, maybe things are all right. I don't need to really hang around. But I'm excited about that side of it. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not excited about the people that are suffering. That That's terrible. But on the other side of that, we're expecting that. I mean, it's going to happen. Those things are going to come to pass. So, so yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd be bad. I'd, I'd feel Liberty, bad for go. Myself, but. Liberty I, had I, something I, to say, it, go. It's like literally one sentence. It sounds like part of what's happening, in addition to people, you know, like renewing their faith and all of those things, but a community of people from you know, your town or county or state or world, a community of people are coming together. And I think that's important and worth acknowledging. However, that plays out. Right. And that's, that's, that's a good side of it. There is a bad side, but there, that is a good side of it. Yeah. 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 You know, one of the things I need to point out, though, that's kind of a big, exciting thing about this. As the podcast has progressed, and no one will know this, Ryan has got closer and closer oh, I, to I noticed. I just watched camera. him do an eyebrow dance. <laughs> Ryan keeps getting closer to his computer, and it's a beautiful He's thing. trying to touch so, you and give so you the COVID. So he basically, he must not have an opinion, right? That's what's happening. Ryan, I'd love to know your opinion on everything we just talked about while you're that close to the computer. <laughs> I understand that hope is a big, important thing, and everyone who has it, has a sense of security that things are going to be all right. And that's great. Um, whether that's from God or whether it's from, you know, restoring faith in humanity, hope is great. And it's something that can help a lot of situations. That being said, it happens every time something happens. Oh, yeah. And, you know, if people were really truly devoted to God or to helping people, 
it wouldn't just happen every six months when something happens. It would just stay that way, period. I agree and with I you. Feel like, I kind of feel like the apocalypse and God and everyone saying, hey, I'm going to come back. I'm going to come back. I'm going to come back. It's going to happen. I kind of feel like it's like it's a biblical crying wolf. Where well, yeah, but the whole idea is that you live in a constant state of readiness, and that's what I was making the okay. point of earlier. It's because but, the people who weren't ready, they're the people who suffer. I mean, it's biblical because it makes sense as a like a, as a whole concept. Okay, but and, here's and like the, right now, we're not. Go ahead. No, you're fine. I'll talk to you in a minute. Go ahead. No, I was gonna say like we're not living in anything different than people have lived in before. We're just looking at it in a different way. It's like this is exactly the same way that people lived in Britain when they were getting bombed. It's the whole keep calm and carry on thing. You're just gonna have to do. They didn't shut down their whole world. They kept doing what they could do, and they just made it the best they could, not knowing what the future was gonna be. And that's the best we can do right now because it doesn't really matter how you define apocalypse. If it's it's death. It's either the death of a person, the death of a whole belief system, or like the death of a nation or a society. Like, man, the fall of Rome was probably Rome's apocalypse. We're on the edge of that, too. Hell, we keep giving out money like this. We're going to be on Rome's heels, and that'll be an apocalypse. Like, it'll be the same damn thing. Really well, you're right, you're right there, it. but you're also kind of wrong, too. The whole concept of the apocalypse wasn't to just end everything. It was to show the truth behind the actual people who earned divinity and earned God and were the faithful towards God versus the people who didn't and who could be separated by false belief and false structure. Because when this happens, the people who claim God and the true God and divinity, they weren't just like, okay, you guys go over there and we're going to go over here. They were tortured and they were punished, right? And the whole concept behind that is, the, it's not really the end. It's the separation of the sword. It's the it's the one side versus the other. It's the truth versus the fallacy. And when it comes to the end of transition or a end of death, or there's it's always one way or another. It's a spectrum that people aren't understanding, right? And the apocalypse isn't so much the end of life as we know it but the separation of the worthy versus the not and when it comes to the coronavirus or any other pandemic or any other concept we as humans tend to band together only when it's beneficial for us to do so and that's what's frustrating to me right do you understand that gary i mean does that make sense oh yeah in fact i agree with you it is frustrating knowing that some people that are coming now, two weeks from now, won't care. Right. They'll be back to doing whatever they want. And that part is frustrating because you'd like to say, gee, I wish you were really, I wish you were devoted to what you're saying. It's great to see you are. And who's to judge, right? I mean, I can't judge. If you said today, you said, I'm devoted to it. I'm not, who am I to judge that next week you're, gonna, you're not going to be? Right. It's like the fair weather baseball teams, right? Where <laughs> – if they're winning, they're great. But when they're not, everyone hates them, and they're going to go jump to some other. It's it's like all these people are snowmen, where they're only they only stick around during the the times that it's convenient for them and melt away when it's not. And that's what. Well, and that's the thing is, are we going to learn from this? When people say like the days of the handshake is over, is it? Are we are we all going to stop shaking hands tomorrow? Are we all going to fist bump? I lived in there, there was a good three years of my life when I lived in Atlanta where I fist bumped everybody. 
that was miserable. I hated, I hated the fist bump. Like it was just the most brotastic thing I've ever had to do. I hated it. But are we done shaking hands? Are we done? You know, not where or people say like, well, I'm not personally, should... I've shaken hands during this. If I put my hand out, I haven't had any resilience about anybody grabbing my hand. And why is it okay, so, a societal thing? It's going to be hard I've, to kill. I've shaken no, no hands during this Tom. So what, but, but by the way, I should say prior to this starting, I'm sorry that I'm going to blurt you out for this. You had two people in your house prior to this started and you said, Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm going to school. I'm doing this thing. But it's like, why did you feel that was a good thing? I mean, like, uh, it depends on how you want to go into this. But, like, I figured, honestly, I don't feel like I'm going to die. I feel like that's been blown over. I have kids. I don't feel like my kids are going to die. Are we going to get sick? Yeah, very possibly. But are, is there a hospital here near here? Yes. Do we live in 2020 and the 21st century? Yeah, absolutely. Am I really that worried about it? Not as worried as I'd be if I got bitten by a rattlesnake. But wouldn't you rather live in a world where you said you, you didn't have to live in regret? Let's just say you did get sick. Let's just say we live in a four world days from now. Every day, Bill. There's not okay. a damn decision we've made as so, humanity. Do you know anyone? Do you know anyone who's been affected by this? And do you know anyone who's died? Uh, I have not personally known, but I do have people with friends who, or like family members, who have died attributed to the flu of COVID. Yes. So I know five people who have have been. Who, who are sick from it and one who died. And they had four days from the time that they found out they were, they had it to the day they died and their family had to watch them die outside the window of the hospital. Okay. And Bill, I can I ask you a, a question related to that? Yeah. Like were they and what was their health like before all that happened? Oh, they were, they were, you know, early eighties, but it doesn't change the fact that people are oh. dying in their twenties. Well, right. in the thirties, it doesn't change the fact that Tom could have shook hands with somebody that he went to school with and then saw his mom or his grandfather or something like that. Like it doesn't change that fact. Like, sure. But I, I also wash my hands consistently and like pathologically almost. And I use hand sanitizer think, quite often. Do you think I that's enough? Say, I, yeah, I do. I, I think that's I, enough. Well, we have hospital grade soaps. Most people we used, I mean, like they're made to be, uh, what do they what do they call it, Brian? What? It's above sanitation. It's disinfection. You disinfect because you kill all bacteria. Right. Okay. Well, that's great, but I'd rather live in a world without regret. I'd never, never. I don't want to live in that world where I go. I wish I. But didn't I don't want to live in a world party. of fear. I don't want. I don't. But that's fine. I'd rather live in a that's world the of, other side of taking that precaution though. than regret. That's it. That's my whole point. The way that I handle this is, one, no, I don't want to get it because I don't have health insurance right now, and that would not be great. I don't want to pass it to somebody else. That's my thing is I care about the people that I'm around enough that I'm willing to stay away from them and act like I'm infected because I don't want them to get infected. I feel like that's the mindset that people need to have is – Sure, if you, don't, if you don't care about yourself and you don't care if you get infected, whatever. But I care if someone else that I know gets infected. And hey, if Tom, it came yeah. from me, then okay. I would be devastated. Tom, Tom made a great I'm point. Live the world like you're infected. Go, right. Right, but here's the thing. While you guys are doing that and everyone else is doing that, for every one person that is, there are five people that aren't. 
And that's where the concept of illness spreading exponentially comes into play. Because if you add a five people, if one of them stays away, but the other four get infected, those four infect four more then those four become 15 and so on and so forth. We have essential people. The bullshit is we have essential people and it doesn't really matter. Like I love the whole concept and the, the thought process behind what you're saying, Tanya. And I totally like in concept agree with you. But the, the reality is like Ryan said, five out of six people aren't doing that. And six out of six of those people are still going to the grocery store and still touching all of that crap. And it doesn't matter how many times they're spraying that down an hour. Like the reality is you're going to get it from touching a doorknob that you're going to have to touch. Or pumping gas. You're going to get it from, yeah, from anywhere. Like I'm not going to get it from somebody shaking hands because generally the people I know that shake hands, we all, we all wash hands. If that doesn't happen occasionally, well then we all were taking that risk anyway. Like we lived in a world of risk, but like right now I feel like that's not really the issue. But Tom, there's this, if I can reduce those chances, if I can during my day, I had to maybe you have go all to the of your groceries no, delivered to you right now, Bill. Are they all no, Amazon let me say, Prime? let me, I'm telling you this, Tom, let me finish. If my choices are this throughout the day, I have to wake up and I do have to go to the store and I do have to get gas. So I'm very careful when I go to the gas station. I'm very careful when I go to the store. I risked my life twice that day. I risked, I risked my, I risked myself. But then you maybe somebody the goes, oh, no, hold on, no, hold on. But then maybe like now some friends want to hang out. Or maybe I'm going to hang out with my grandparents. Or maybe I'm going to see some friends for drinks later. I've just quadrupled all my the chances of everything I've ever done. And that's the thing I don't want to do. I'm going to limit my chance. Listen, I can't live in a box. And I have to get food. And I have to get gas. And I have to do these things. But I don't have to do them 20 times a day. I maybe only have to do them twice. And that's right. where it comes right. down to. But I'm not having parties, Bill. Yeah, and Bill, I mean, Tom's agreeing with you. The whole concept is that... You're both saying the same thing in different ways and then arguing about it. It's like it's like the domino effect, right? If you have 150 dominoes and you knock one down, depending on where it's at, all of them are going to fall down too, right? Yeah, Bill, you're the reason and I'm the reality. And that's the difference. Like, well, I get I, it. You're the reason. Liberty, we, we still stuff. can't hear you. You keep talking, but there's no sound. Liberty, say, you know what Liberty's saying right now? Hey, Bill, you're right, and Tom's wrong. I'm saying the way she's saying right now. Hey, Tom, <laughs> shut up. Because Bill, I, I could read lips, and she's saying, Tom, why don't you listen to Bill more? Everything he says is correct. Okay, hold He's on. He's really handsome. I'm going to interject. Okay. Hold on. Did you know that everyone is saying stay six feet away, but in reality, respiratory illnesses can go up to 13 feet in the air? Yes. Oh, yeah, if you sneeze, that shit's going far and or, fast. Or the fact also that... why you shouldn't go anywhere. Well, right. <laughs> did you hear that? Or yes, I did. the whole concept of it can stay on porous surfaces for up to three hours, right? So, disinf okay, so I know me as a barber and Tom as a barber, we have been taught some very... Drilled. Ricked, yet drilled into our heads the concept of disinfection versus cleansing and versus cleaning and wiping things down. Right. So that's something that it's one of those things where we constantly are doing it. Right. But that also doesn't stop everything. So Bill, you're right on that where limiting what you're doing can limit the effect of the spread. Tom, you're also right by saying you don't have to live in fear of it as long as you're consciously aware of it. And I'm sure 
Liberty's right when she's saying nothing that I can hear, but I'm hearing her say that You're my favorite. She's one of those people that can, or what she's saying is this whole act, this whole concept is not going to get any better unless we all take part in our responsibility and stopping it from happening. Okay, so well, I'm going to say this. This is, this is my, this is how we're going to end this, ready? No, wait, okay, you end it and then I end it. Or me first and then you? <laughs> no, right, yeah, Liberty I, I will, Liberty, Liberty go. go. Okay. Is this... Okay, now then it's your turn. Sure. All right, no, go. Is go. this the rapture? Well, no. There we go. You asked and, the same and, and what is that? Is that the thing where... Nobody's disappearing. I look around and... Either I'm not here or other people aren't here. Well, I feel the rapture is different than the apocalypse, correct? It is. The rapture is Yeah, these are different things. But I don't know. And maybe Gary can help shed some light. Uh, This is not my expertise. Are they closely related? Closely related in a time frame. No, this isn't the rapture. Is it is that one step of getting to the very end? Yes, but not related to direct. But Ryan also had an opinion, I think. Well, I have a, I have a thought too. Uh, I think Liberty's asking because she wants to know if she's going up or down. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I already know where she's going, but that's another question. Well, it's kind of like this. Knows. If you're in college and you have crappy math grades, the rapture is like the football coach who gives you the pass. So if you're gonna fail, the rapture is like, here you go. You're not failing suddenly. So, so I, have you done anything? I, have you been playing football, Liberty? I guess I'm gonna end it with this. Is there anybody? I know that we've talked a lot about this, but everyday football. Unless anybody feels differently, I think we all agree this is not the apocalypse. And if anybody, fe- we'll be here. I know, no, I know that we say that there's this vague aspect of that the apocalypse isn't bullet points. There's a vagueness. If there's what's going to happen, it's going to be this and this. And maybe we're, we're building our own. We don't know. Like I said, the dinosaurs were around for this long. We're at the, this little tiny end, and we're already screwing it up. We're, like, messing it up big time. Okay. So does but anybody – go. What? So the reason why we're screwing it up is because we have higher consciousness and the ability to think. If and, we and all break just, things. Yeah, if we all just ran on basic instinct and we didn't have the concept for anger or the concept for philosophy or the concept for greed, you know, we would all be okay with our own little pixel of this giant blue planet that we live on. The problem is we have the capability for higher thinking, and that's where things go go astray, grow in many different directions. That's where we invent a boogeyman. Right. But he, so, can I say something real quick? This is the conversation for another day when anytime anybody ever says there's a planet with higher life on it or higher intelligent of life that's going to come to us. I feel that before they ever, this higher intelligence would ever get smart enough to ever come to us. They just destroy themselves. I've actually felt that my entire life. There's no way that there's a, there's a planet with smarter life that wouldn't destroy themselves where they would come to. And that's my thought. So we're, we're a giant Jerry Springer show. Wouldn't it make more sense to kill off the idiots on the planet and then take the planet for yourself? Right? <laughs> Don't planet kill, or planet, our planet. kill the planet and use the resources. Well, assuming right? that they can live off our oxygen level and our gravity. Okay, but here's another. Okay, if we're going to look at it that way, we can say that from the beginning we've evolved um, 
from the first day until now, we've constantly been evolving. It would make more sense to cut. It would make more sense to cut the head off the snake now before it starts to infect the rest of the universe. So if someone, right, real quick, real, real quick, will we make it to the next galaxy over before we kill ourselves? I vote no. Thank you. Anyone else? Tom? I don't think so. Liberty? I vote uh, men are from Mars and <laughs> women are from Venus. We, yeah, okay. Yeah, uh, Gary? Mars. Gary, will we make it to another <laughs> galaxy before we kill ourselves? Also, I don't know. No. Thank you. All right, Ryan, you're the only, you're the last vote. I think that if we were going to I think we have more problems to worry about on our own planet before we try That's to That's too long of an answer. All right. So anyway, Ryan says no, and Liberty thinks men are stupid. But beyond that, we're all gonna <laughs> we all think that we're gonna destroy ourselves before we make it to another galaxy. And I feel that way because we're on the cusp of self-annihilation and it's fun because it's, it's great gonna take us to destroying ourselves before we form something like a federation to be able to get our Could you imagine in two billion years in two billion years how cool the cockroach men will look that lived through this whole thing? It's gonna be they're gonna be fucking cool. It's gonna be really, really cool. All right. Bill, I don't understand why you think anyone from Mars is stupid. Just saying. I didn't say that. Well, <laughs> I know when you say Mars I also, men. And Made we're a dumb joke, and now well, it's there's four. <laughs> so no, there's four guys on here, and we're all idiots. There's four guys on here, <laughs> and we're all idiots, and I get it. And there's Guilty. two women on here, and they're Guilty. super smart. And we don't, we don't get. No. Gary and I already had a conversation about being in the kitchen earlier today, and we lost that conversation. So, wow. Regardless, all right, wrap it up. People from there you go. We're wrapping it up. Tony said, Okay. All right, anyone, anyone have anyone else? Anything else they want to add? I just think what we're Why doing. You're asking that when you said wrap it up. <laughs> I'm, I wrap. Tanya said wrap it up, and I'm saying, Rango. I think that we're on the brink of a bigger problem, and I think that unless we find a way to solve it, the next iteration is going to be a lot worse, and that's when the things are going to really start getting hairy. And like I said, as your as for your planet concept is the reason why we're all going to annihilate ourselves before we go someplace else is because until then we really have no real inspiration to leave. Right. If we have everything we need here and everything's easy, we have no natural reason to adapt. And without that reason to adapt, we won't look for, you know, the next thing we need to survive. And I think that until that happens, we're all just okay with treating people the way that we perceive to be treated and just try to live that way as best we can. Well, we, we've needed to adapt, adapt for a hundred thousand years. So it just sadly needs to be a lot quicker. So, all right, Gary, this podcast. Gary, anything else you want to add? Hang on. You're going to have plenty to talk about on episode 28. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> all right. Liberty, Liberty, anything you want to add? You have no volume. Nope. What I would like to add is that I am not very good at unmuting myself. <laughs> You're and really also, bad. So, uh, first of all, everyone, thank you. This was an amazing discussion. 
Gary, your last comment. That was, yeah, that was good. And then Ryan, I will say, no, here's what's gonna happen. I'd be like, and then Ryan, your last comment, like, changed my life. Yeah. Yeah, Except, but I'm, I'm really uh, upset that people aren't gonna see your jazz hands in this when you speak. I know. I'm sorry. This they're is so good. Because I am like, eyebrows. So yeah. But it's so okay. good. But thank you, everybody, for um, you know letting me be a guest. Yeah. Tom, what do you got for us, Tom? I think scientifically, we just have to realize that some people are going to die no matter what we do. That's just going to it's, – it's a virus. That's how it works. And honestly, if we don't go out there and develop an immunity to this as a population, the next one is going to kill us anyway. That's how it works. So, like, we better get an immunity to this and realize that, I'm sorry, some people are going to die. That's the way of it. Biblically or however you want to look at it. You sound like Thanos. <laughs> <laughs> and Black Widow Tanya, do you have anything you want to say? Um, this has been a great conversation. We, I mean, it was, we meant to have kind of a talk about the end of the world, the end days, and obviously we were talking about it because of the pandemic that's going on. And just kind of hearing everyone's thoughts about how they cross over has been great. Thank you, Dad, for being on here. It's been really fun having you to be a part of this. And um, I, I don't see it as the end of days. I see it as kind of how Ryan brought up the pandemic that happens around every 100 years. It's basically just nature happening. Um, and... Uh, we're gonna, we just need to do what we can to get through it, be smart, be safe. And the one good thing I feel that's coming out of this is I feel like even though everyone is socially distancing, a lot more people are actually becoming closer during this and Connected. talking to people yeah. that they care about. And there, there is good that's coming out of it. That's All it. right. So my, my last thoughts on this one is um, clearly we live – in a situation now where it's day by day we're sitting in our house we're watching tiger king we're sharing stuff but it's i think we've learned that life can end tomorrow we've watched people around us die even prior to this and i think one of the things that i've learned over the last year and a half two years is how valuable every day is every day is so valuable and the things that you make of it and if whether you want that day to be what you created today and how it stands on today or every day that when you create something that it's going to be your legacy, that's your own personal religion in the sense is how you want to end your day falling asleep saying, how did I feel at the end of the day and feel good? Do I feel that this is creating combining a nation or separating a nation? I feel 100% feel that this is separating the nation. I feel that you have these people that yesterday, like I said, I went to the, I took a picture from far away of the capital of Boise of people who were separating against that they were liberating. And I, I, I saw this, this group of people on social media saying, I'm going to stay home. And that's great. Live your life and bring the people around you that want to make your life the best that you want to make it. And that's what I'm doing. I'm hanging around the people like you guys who I love and we're all living our lives and we, I've been in communication with all you guys from afar. 
uh, and it, because I know that a year from now we're all going to be we're all going to be there, and we're going to be smart and cool and be there. This is a time to make your statement and live the life you want to live, and that's the way that I feel. And uh, don't listen to anyone. Make your own educated opinions and do smart things. And we're all going to get through this. This is not the biggest thing that's happened in the last hundred years. It's big. It's not the biggest. So we're all going to get through it. We're going to be smart and we're all going to get through it. And the very uh, last thing before we finish the namesake of this podcast, eat, drink and be scary. Obviously we talked about the scary part. The eat and drink um, is whatever we have in our fridges. I'm having yeah. white claw. Tom, what are you There's drinking? <laughs> Uh, I was having some soft huckleberry wine earlier. Liberty, I know you were drinking wine. Uh, yeah, well, I couldn't find anything that seemed end of the worldy, but I got a wine called Lefty. <laughs> Which is good if you're a liberal, so that's good. If you're a righty, that's good. And also, good. I thought because, you know, Bill, Tanya, Sinestre, but yeah. whatever, you, it's a pretty label. Gary, what well, are you drinking? What if you're not taking your left? <laughs> Gary, what are you drinking? Kool-Aid. <laughs> Sorry. All right, Jeffrey Jones, thanks. Uh, Ryan, what do you got? Um, spam and Mountain Dew. That's right, well, I was drinking uh, Boise Brewing Witch's Tip, Pepper. which is the Witch's Tip is gone. <laughs> That's what I was drinking tonight. So anyway, you guys, this was uh, clearly not our funniest podcast. Uh, but I'm not going to lie. This is one of my favorites. I think this is really real compared to the way that we, other than the fact that when Ryan brought uh, mummy testicles to. <laughs> and Tom podcast. licked it. Tom that was it. my favorite podcast. But this is really good. One. It was the most flavorful. And uh, uh, this is great. And uh, thanks everybody. And be safe. I love you guys, and we'll all talk Every really new soon. beginning comes from some other beginning's end. Right, Bill? Is that a good Amen. thing for the apocalypse? Amen, brother. All right. Good night. <laughs> good night. <laughs>